You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Oh, have I got your attention now? Read, for lack of a better word, is good. You know what I mean? Money to be made in a place like this. Money never sleeps, pal. You're crazy. Don't run when you lose. Don't whine when it hurts. You know what it takes to sell real estate? It takes brass, 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 brass. I'm falling, and I can't get up! All right, welcome back to Money Never Sleeps. This is the show where we touch on anything and everything that impacts the flow of money from around the corner to around the world. And today we're going to uh, start a multi-part series on a topic that I I feel, I think it's very important. Uh, Over the years, I've seen too many athletes in all fields of sports get thrust into the limelight you know out of nowhere uh they're just out there um where the money flowed and they never experienced that before so it becomes overwhelming and they became millionaires overnight just doing what they love to do now there's a problem with that with that with that type of success okay and i mean there's no there's no issue with being successful, but just the way that's done. You know, we all love seeing, um, you know, people be, you know, become successful. But the issue is that usually these athletes are young and most don't have that person or that, or that background uh, in their lives that can anchor them down to show them how to manage their newfound wealth, how to deal with stuff, how not to uh, get overwhelmed, how not to get lost in the moment. And what the general public sees is a talented athlete making money, living the high life, fancy homes, cars, jewelry, so on and so forth. But those athletes that don't have that direction, who jump into the facade game, and what I mean by the facade game is that everything is about show. Everything is about show. They have money, they're spending it. As quickly as they make it, they're spending it, and it's all about the show, the house, the car, the game that they have. Um, and and, that's, and that's, that's an issue. And, you know, they're not, they're not thinking about the big picture. And, and again, this is why we're doing, we're going to be doing this series, uh, because those, those that aren't looking at the big picture, those are the ones that could potentially wind up broke once their careers end. And it happens more often than not. Don't think it doesn't because it does happen. Uh, you have an athlete very successful, making money, spending more money, uh, spending the money as soon as it comes in or sometimes spending more money, um, than they have. Or trusting the wrong people and making investments that they don't know, you know, what's going on. They have no clue. They're not. They're an apt, apt, absentee landlord, for uh, lack of a better phrase, in certain businesses and uh, and investments, and they wind up, uh, you know, getting hurt in the end. So what what we're going to try to to do, um, and we're going to try to do this. Um, money never sleeps. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, try to highlight some of the uh, the do's and the don'ts for upcoming athletes and entertainers. It's not just athletes, it's entertainers as well. Uh, basically, over the course of the series, and as, as it evolves, because it's going to be an evolving series as topics come up, we're going to try to address it, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna create some some type of general blueprint that may be helpful to someone in this position looking for a path to take in order to avoid the pitfalls that may be waiting for them, or actually that are waiting for them. 
if you're not prepared um yeah you can get you can get spanked and it can hurt and there's nothing worse than than uh putting your um putting your life into your career and then when your career is over or you have an injury that you turn around and you have nothing to show for it but the trophies on your wall and and like some athletes you wind up having to sell your memorabilia just to pay your bills and that's not what you want uh that's not what you want at all and i'm sure that those athletes or those entertainers that had that went down that road if they had someone in their corner that that was there for them to help them to uh to help help them deal with their finances they more than likely they would not be in the position that they're in right right now um so the 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 format or or the or or the way for me to paint the picture is pretty simple okay uh any athlete or entertainer that has been you know training hard uh working with coaches you know you have to put the time in they're putting the work in needed to be the best at what they can do um basically you know i mean doing what they love to do and uh and putting the work in the sweat and the time and and and, and everything else and see though those people they understand the principle and uh and and again this is this is something that should have been taught to them early on uh, and that is, that's this, it doesn't matter how much talent you have, you know, you, you still have to put in the work. You have to work hard to get better. And most have to work twice as hard as the next guy just to get, just, just to, to, to get over the hump in, in order to up their game. But it's through all this hard work, dedication, guidance, that these athletes and entertainers begin to develop character. And maturity, and these are two key words: character and maturity. It's it's those two developments that give them an appreciation for what they do and the work needed to even be at the point that they're at. It allows them to be role models for for the next generation. Uh, You know, they'll be they, they it'll allow them to handle things a lot better. So when you when you build that character, when you build that maturity and your your hard work meets that and that gets developed along with your hard work, you know what? You're you're ahead of the game. So that that's on the athletic end, you know, and on the uh the entertainer end, you know, hard work, you build up, you earn your keep, you earn you earn the place that you're in. And if you as long as your character maturity, you know, advance with that and you're not resting on your laurels because you're a talented uh, wide receiver and you think you don't have to train that hard because you're that good you know to me that's ridiculous you should be training harder than the next guy because guess what you're in competition with yourself and then you're you're you're, you know if you're on a team you're you're you have an obligation to the team to be the best that you can be and on the individual front you want to be the best that you can be you know why would you just want to be you know, you just rely on your talent alone. Do something more. Be more. Inspire people, and that's what it's about. Uh, so, uh, you know, so that's, again, that's on the athletic end, the entertainer end. Now let's talk about the financial end, the business end of what they are embarking on. And, you know, granted, you know, sports, it's a business. You know, I mean, it's plain and simple. You know, sports is a business, and each athlete, 
each and even in entertainment, you know, each each of them represents a business within a business. So if you're if you're a quarterback, if you're a wide receiver, if you're a second baseman, even if you're 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 in a, a professional wrestler, you're in that realm and and you start crossing over from athletics and entertainment. And now if you're if you're an actor, whatever the case may be, you know, uh, but more so in the sporting environment, you know, you represent a business within a business. So from merchandising, sponsorships, speaking engagements, etc., etc., it's all business. And if you're not building your business properly, you know, it can fail on you, just like any other business out there. Now, the same character and maturity that's needed to excel in sports and entertainment is the same character and maturity that's necessary to protect their own interests and prepare for the rest of their lives. And and this is why I was touching on that a little bit, you know, earlier, because it is it is important. When, when an athlete thinks that the money train, or an entertainer thinks that the money train will never ever end, and they spend, I mean, they spend they spend it in, in just just buying ridiculous things that mean nothing, material things that mean nothing, you know, taking buying. Cars for their friends and homes and this and that and partying with their friends all the time and so on and so forth and doing all this stuff. At the end of the day, you know, it, it, what does it mean? Okay, because when, when the dust settles and, 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 and things, let's say, God forbid, but things are gone, those people are going to be gone too. So, you know, when, when, they're, when they're spending like that, um, you know, it's, it's only when, when reality strikes is when you know, they, they begin to ponder or think what happened. And, and it's in the case of athletes, you know, when the rude awakening comes, especially if they get an injury, an injury hits them or they get cut from a team, you know, your, your, your salary is not going to be there. And, and it's sad, but true. And, and it's happening more often than not because you're not, you know, they're not looking at the big picture. And I'm not saying that all athletes and entertainers, young entertainers and young athletes are like this, but more often than not, this, you know, could potentially be the case. And I think that the first order of a business for any athlete or entertainer that's on the rise is to align with a trusted, and I can't stress this enough, I mean a trusted person in their lives that understands financial matters. The reason that I say this is because that's the person that will be looking out for their interest, for their best interest. This person will be dealing with the financial advisors as a conduit. If an athlete or entertainer is either training for the next, for the next, uh, you know, sports season, or they're 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 involved in a in a film, or they're on the road, you know. Um, you know, performing uh, and traveling and so on and so forth, it, it can be extremely difficult for them, them themselves to overlook every aspect of their finances. So that conduit, that trusted person, I feel is very important in, in the whole equation here. So that's something that I would say um, they would have to look for and and embrace. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to shun that, you know, that the athlete or entertainer is going to shun all responsibility. No, not at all. All it means is that they are setting up the foundation in which they'll, they'll be able to reap the financial rewards from their career for the rest of their lives. 
the athlete or the entertainer should always retain final decision on decisions on all matters. Okay, of course they're not going to. The whole purpose of doing this is that you don't want to deal with the day to day. If you want to go and just do that for a living, then you you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. So you want to have someone deal with the day-to-day and you just look at the big picture and and deal with the major decisions. And that's the reality. And just have, you know, you're going to have certain components in place that are going to protect you. All right. For for example, if a real estate opportunity came along or a franchise opportunity arose, and, and you know, one, one great example of an athlete that has, you know, that's done this and taken advantage of it is Hank Aaron. Um, but you know, the, the day-to-day overview of that property or business would be the responsibility of that trusted person who may become their business manager. You know, I mean, it can evolve to that. Um, but all final decisions, as I said, revert back to the, to the owner, you know, you, the athlete, you, the entertainer, uh, it has to, you need to be, you need to be, um, um, you need to be present in in your financial matters don't just leave it in somebody's hands and just hope for the best and then you wake up one morning and you find that all your money's gone do not do that please don't do that um i i wouldn't particularly advise using a professional business manager who has numerous clients because you know how do you how do you get the personal dedication it's near impossible and i know i'm going to get a lot of flack uh about this but this these are my this is my opinion and these are my feelings uh the interest of the athlete or entertainer has to be at the forefront and the plan of action has to be dedicated to their financial future not pooling them with other athletes or entertainers and 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 winding up in a situation you know um it, it does happen you know we we've seen that uh, in the past, um, where an entertainer got involved in something because they were pulled in with other, with other investors, and they they got spanked. You know that's because if if someone was actually monitoring um, them individually, uh, things like that could be avoided. Not saying that it will be avoided; it could be avoided. At least if a mistake's made, you know you did all you could to prevent it. Now, some people that that um, this trusted person would need, or the the entertainer athlete would need, uh, as part of their financial future team, and I'm going to stress that financial future team, and they'll be as follows: uh, a financial advisor, uh, someone who's experienced with dealing with real estate, franchises, the stock market, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, two, the next person would be a corporate attorney. You need someone experienced in real estate law, franchise law, and you know general business law. Uh, it's important. Uh, three, the next person would be an accountant, both personal and business. Now, someone that's ex- someone that that's experienced at, at real estate, franchise, uh, corporate accounting, as well as uh, personal accounting. Now, these are three important people I would advise uh, should be at. Um, you know, they they should be at mid-sized to major firms. And again, you know, I'm going to get a lot of flack about this too, but there's a reason for that. And there's a big reason for that. If you're talking about a lawyer and accountant, okay, um, you know, look, they, they deal with all, if at a major firm or a mid-sized firm, they deal with all aspects of business and in all areas. And that means that the overall experience of the firm in general is there. 
And that further means that if you're a financial advisor or your attorney or your accountant, uh, if they hit a snag and they didn't have the answers, you know, they didn't know what to do, you know, because it was something different, something that they're not an expert in. Well, they're not alone. They can actually get input or in guidance from, from others in the firm, from one of the partners, because those partners will give the information because it's a benefit to their firm because their firm is getting paid for the services. So that's going to ensure that they're giving the best service to their client, and that is key. Now, if they're limited, then it becomes a guessing game at some point, and that's not where you want to be long term. Uh, you can deal with a, with a smaller, um, or attorney or an accountant or things of that nature if you want to. I wouldn't recommend it. I would, I would recommend starting on the, on the right foot because as you grow, you know, and as you build, you're going to need someone that's experienced, um, in that to protect you. And it's all about protecting your financial future. Okay. And, uh, I think that's a good start, uh, to this segment. Uh, going over what we just went over. And what we plan on doing is touching on, on different areas every week, and we'll see if we can get some professionals to come on the show um, to talk about, you know, the different areas that, that are important and how, you know, an athlete, an entertainer, or their trusted uh, person that's that's taking care of their stuff, uh, taking care of the financial matters, you know, um, could, could learn from, and maybe it would be helpful. Uh, but I, I think it's important uh, for for us here to furnish as much general information as possible. And hey, the the way I look at it, and and the reason I'm even adding this segment to the show is that I feel if it helps one athlete, one entertainer, to solidify the financial future, uh, where it could have been different and they could have went down a different road, then guess what? It was worth the effort and the time in making this segment available for anyone to listen to. Okay, so now with that said, uh, again, we're going to we're going to have this segment on. We're going to have this segment over the next, you know, several weeks. Uh, but what I want you to do is uh, stay with us and we're going to be right back with you after this quick break. This is Chef Gavin Murphy with your 1-minute healthy cooking tip. A lot of people are more health conscious nowadays, especially when it comes to food. But did you know there are a lot of hidden calories and of all things, salad dressing. They're chock full of added sugars. But don't fret, I've got you covered. Try this quick and delicious salad dressing recipe. Grab a small Tupperware container with a lid and add a quarter cup of balsamic vinegar, two tablespoons of whole grain or Dijon mustard, a teaspoon of organic honey, pinch of salt and pepper and three quarters of a cup of olive oil. Pop the lid on and give it a good old shake. This is spot on for a beautiful summer salad and will keep in the fridge for weeks. For more healthy cooking tips and info, go to GavinMurphy.com. Your platform for success. Chosen by industry leaders worldwide. Curve Street. Real Estate Technology. Uh-huh. We're back with you on Money Never Sleeps, and before the break, we were uh, talking about athletes and entertainers and their financial foundation. Uh, and as I said earlier, 
Uh, this is a multi-part segment or series that will be featured on the show over the, the next few weeks or for the next few weeks. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about real estate. We're going to talk about REITs, and, and we're going to be talking about uh, down the road. We're going to be talking about franchises and, and things of that nature um, and how that fits into that total picture and how to go about purchasing, managing, and growing that portfolio over time as far as real estate and, and even uh, franchises and things of that nature. We're going we're gonna to try to cover as much as we can uh, where this would be beneficial not just to an athlete or entertainer, but to anyone that, you know, if you want lotto and you're looking, you know, for some guidance, you know, hopefully this will be helpful to you. Uh, now, I want to touch on some recent goings-on in the financial arena, and I don't want to comment on, on the day-to-day movements of, of any particular company, stock, or anything, but more so touch on particular topics that I, I just have some input on. Uh, the first is Twitter. You know, you know Twitter, uh, you've been hearing a lot about it, and, and I knew this was coming f- for well over a year because the writing was on the wall. I've never seen a tech company flourish without the founder at the helm, and, and I—I I, I mean, it's—it was crazy how Twitter got rid of their founders. Uh, that was one of my major issues with Twitter pre-IPO, and that's that the founders were all gone. They were gone. They—they they went. They put all their thoughts, and they—they they pioneered this, and then they were gone. Yeah, maybe they they had titles on the board, or they sit on the board, and so on and so forth. But they weren't they weren't running the show, you know. When Apple, I mean, let me just talk about Apple. When Apple cut Steve Jobs, they lost their mojo. There's no doubt. No one could even argue that point that they lost their mojo. They lost they lost a lot, and they were they were floundering. I mean, if if. <laughs> They were a sinking ship until he came back. If he didn't come back, that I, I doubt that the company would be around today. You know, could you even imagine Microsoft in, in the beginning when they first went public, growing without Bill Gates? Without Bill Gates, would you? Can you imagine that? Amazon without without Bezos or Facebook without Zuckerberg? How would that even be possible? How? It's very hard to believe, and it's very hard to imagine that they would they would have been a success without any of them at the helm. Look look at you know Elon Musk, even though he wasn't the founder at um, at Tesla, okay, but he came in and I mean he's he's a visionary there. All right, so you know for a tech company, I always found it I always found it you know you know with Twitter anyway amazing that you know that the that the um, that one of the founders weren't that they weren't at the helm helping and bringing vision to the company and, and Twitter made the grave error of getting rid of of them and granted Dick Costello he made a valiant effort I can't take that away from him but you know even though he brought the company to where it is today there's no denying that however that vision that that true big picture for Twitter has always always has to sit with the founders and it always will and you know Jack Dorsey is that guy. He's the guy. All right, with Costello stepping down, you know it should have boosted investor confidence, especially with uh, Jack Dorsey coming in as interim CEO. But, and this is a big but, you know their their interview on CNBC was pretty hard to watch. Uh, it reminded me of the quiet period, where no one could say anything about any type of business. 
Um, but the thing that threw me off in a big way is the fact that they're not on a quiet period. And they were adamant that nothing was going to change. That all was business as usual. Now, why would you change CEOs if everything's fine with the company, if there's nothing going to change? If nothing's going to change, then why do it? That makes no sense to me. You know, I don't know whether, you know, Costello was, was feeling the pressure and he just got tired of dealing with it and he wanted some freedom so he can live his life, which I can understand. However, um, you know, if you're stepping down as CEO and now you're going to be chairman of the board and you're still, like, running the show uh, from from afar without dealing with the day-to-day, you know, I don't know. I don't know. See, you know, th- th- see that that's something that, that really no one wanted to hear, that uh, it was business as usual. With the CEO shift, shift change, as I said, there has to be some change in direction, especially if the street is screaming for it. This is not a private company. It's a publicly traded company. So, you know, I, I just hope for the sake of, of Twitter that it was a head fake. I'm hoping that, that it was because I think that, you know, they they, they have a lot of potential. Uh, I like Twitter. I like their their platform and the possibilities. And I think, you know, there's so many possibilities. You can't compare it to Facebook. And this is what people constantly do. Look at Facebook. Look at Twitter. You can't. They're two completely different types of platforms. You know, and I do believe that the right additional components um, to Twitter can horizontally and vertically grow the company while adding to and not taking away from their core business. And this is key stuff. You know, shoot, I wish I had the opportunity to lay out some growth ideas for the company, to sit down with Dorsey or Costello and and lay some stuff out. Uh, Because, you know, me being in the tech industry for, for a number of years, I have some insight into this realm. And I know of a lot of different areas that, that can help the company. But I, I'm not in that position, and I'm not going to publicly, you know, voice my my opinions and my ideas because uh, it's going to fall on deaf ears. So, um, but I think somebody should, and hopefully they do, start the uh, adding components that can horizontally and vertically, you know, uh, grow the company. They 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 owe it to their shareholders, to to the private equity firms that banked them in the beginning, and to their shareholders today. But we're going to see what's going to happen as this shift happens on July 1st, and that, that's going to be coming down the pike. Okay, next thing I want to touch on is, um, is to, to me, it's amazing. It's an amazing, and I mean, just a brilliant idea. CVS, I mean, I love the company. I love the company. I love how they, they, they think outside of the box. But CVS made a deal with Target, Target, another company I love because they think outside of the box. They're 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 not they're not rigid. They're not like the mighty oak that can't move. They're more like water, and they're they're able to mold and shape and and uh, grow with the times and do what they need to do. Okay, so anyway, so the deal with Target is going to bring CVS pharmacies at most Target stores. Now, how, how great is that? This is called maximizing your exposure via partnerships. They are already in acquisition mode. I'm talking about CVS, and they have been. 
this deal is a notch in the belt of both companies, not just one, both. It's a, it's a match made in heaven. Uh, it's costing CVS about $1.9 billion, but it's well worth it to have that foothold in Target stores. And I, I hear that Target is going to wind up having these little uh, satellite stores in in certain areas you know that they don't want you know they, they don't want the big department stores in bad areas so they may have these little satellite stores so that people have access they may not be they may not have the opportunity to drive to a major target store maybe they can go get what they need to get at these little satellite stores cuz that so that is an interesting move uh so CVS Target they're on the move uh so look th- th- see this is innovative thinking that will that will allow more integration between companies. It's an idea that got shot out there, and it's going to open up the eyes of a lot of CEOs that have some vision that care about the growth of their company, where the company is going to be in the next ten years. You can't look at where the company is going to be in the next six months, a year. You got to look five, ten years out because if you're not, then what are you doing? You're you're, you're building the company quarter by quarter. You know, I mean, if you if you're looking at your quarter today, that's something you should be you should have been worried about a year or two or three ago. Um, but anyway, crossovers are good for business as it adds more eyes and and business to both parties parts of the deal. So this works. Target, CBS, two thumbs up on that deal. Uh, look, it's like having you know Starbucks and Macy's. All right. Some people just may come in for their latte and and have their their little Oprah chai, but they may slide in to buy their spouse a gift or their mom a scarf. They'll see a sale. They'll say, oh, maybe I should get this. Oh, it's wintertime. Maybe I need some gloves or I need an umbrella or I need a hat or I need boots, whatever the case may be. And they're in the store and they just see it while they're waiting online for their latte. So it, it, it makes sense. And I think we'll see more deals like this in the future as it just makes so much sense. The synergy is there. Um, now, is it going to happen at, at other departments or at, at you know, like departments stores like the Gap, uh, things of that nature? Because you have the Gap that's closing a lot of stores. Now, would something like this work for them? Uh, potentially. Could. It could. You know, if if things if you're closing stores and your your back is against the wall, you got to try anything you can to try to make things work. You know, again, you owe it to your shareholders to think outside of the box. Okay, you can't live in today's world with ideas from 20 years ago. It doesn't work. You know, just like in life, if you are acting at the age of 30, you're acting the way you did at 20, or at the age of 40, you're acting the way you did at 30. There's a problem. Same thing holds true for companies. Okay, when companies say, well, this is the way we've always done it, yeah, that scares the crap out of me because that that is such rigid thinking. Got to open your minds and look at opportunity so you can grow horizontally, vertically. And if you see something's not working, change. Change it. Make it work. Shift it. Don't be afraid to change it. Okay, and that's what what investors want to see. They want to see that innovation. Okay, so uh, anyway, I think that's about it for this episode of Money Never Sleeps. And let me remind you uh, that you can find all archived episodes of Money Never Sleeps on moneyneversleepsradio.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM. Uh, And we look forward to continuing our special series on dating for the affluent with professional matchmaker Tiffany Brown. And that's going to be an eye-opening series, and that's going to probably be its own standalone series because there's so much to go into. And we're we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be releasing that 
the shows next week. So you wanna you know you wanna keep in tune to that because it's gonna be very interesting. Uh, last thing for all you uh, NFL and golf fans in the New York area, the New Jersey area, and even Connecticut, on uh, September fifteenth, two thousand fifteen. A good friend of mine, former New York Jets safety, Victor Green, uh, he's a member of the New York Jets Hall of Fame. And he has a foundation which is doing great things for kids nationwide. I mean, it's it's a great foundation. Uh, the, the foundation is called the Victor Green Foundation. And they're putting on a celebrity golf tournament at the Glenhead Country Club in Long Island. Attendee, attendees uh, will be able to meet and greet with an impressive star-studded celebrity guest list that you know um yeah i mean if you're if you're uh, an nfl fan uh you're gonna love this you know you're gonna have lawrence taylor lt is gonna be there sterling sharp byron scott rick barry rick jackson Bill Goldberg, Goldberg from the WWE, uh, Mario Batali. If you, if you love, if you love his shows, you love his food. You're gonna love meeting him in person. Richard Kern, okay. Um, Ed Tutol Jones, O.J. Anderson, Flex Alexander, Metalock Lemon, Andre Reed, Moses Malone, Dr. J. I mean, this is not just the NFL. It's NBA's actors, celebrities. And if I kept going on, my God, this show would go into overtime. But it's an impressive list and there there are more being added as we speak so by the time uh the event comes up i'm i know this list is going to just just going to overflow uh but it's for a great cause so make sure to check out victor the uh victor this is the website victorgreenfoundation.org to find out more and hey you know i should be there cleaning tables or something you know <laughs> i mean i'll i'll be there in attendance doing something so you can come say hello to me and and, and give me a tip for cleaning the dishes. How do you like that? <laughs> anyway, all joking aside, great foundation, victorgreenfoundation.org. Check it out. Star Started Celebrity Day, September 15, 2015, Glenhead Country Club. You don't want to miss it. And that's about it for the show. I want to thank you for tuning in. And we'll be back with you next week on Money Never Sleeps. I'm wishing everyone... An extremely profitable week. Initiating shutdown sequence. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.